So for those that didn't know yet, my beard is no more. That doesn't mean that it's not coming back, but it currently is not on my face. I mean, there is one growing in here, uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just because of, of the quarantine things going on, not able to get a haircut, the weather warming up. I needed some sort of relief, so I shaved my beard so I could be cooler. Um, not like cooler, man, like could cool. No, like was hot and I needed to cool off. Um, that being said, you know, we called in to schedule um, a haircut and they said they had an opening on Tuesday. So I'm thinking, yes, tomorrow I'm going to get a haircut. And they said, yep, Tuesday, the 26th. So I have this long hair for a little bit longer, but you know, 26th, get a haircut. No complaint with that. Um, just glad that uh, I'm able to schedule and have a haircut, <laughs> haircut soon. Um, and um, I'm excited for that here. Uh, where we're at, things have definitely um, uh, began to open back up, and that's been nice. And I hope you're all staying healthy uh, and well. Um, we're going to start a a short series here on the on the book of Titus. Um, and I recently have, have been going through it, and I'm, I'm encouraged um, from what uh, from what I see in Scripture here in Titus. And I just encourage you; it's really you can sit, read it rather quickly. So just take the time read through the book of Titus. We're just going to go. Um, briefly, verse by verse, um, not in super depth, but just go through uh, Titus, which has been really encouraging and challenging to me both. Um, and um, I think it will be be great for us to do. Uh, if you haven't yet and you like uh, watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the notification bell, uh, like this video, share it with friends and family uh, if it's a blessing to you. Uh, if you're listening on uh, Apple Podcasts, be sure uh, to uh, give me a five-star rating You know, if you like it. Um, and uh, be sure to share that as well. So however you listen, or I know some of you are listening on Podbean as well. I don't think there's a rating system on there, and that's, uh, that's fine. So please, uh, please feel free to, uh, to share uh, if it's an encouragement uh, to you and you want to do that. Uh, if you don't like it, then don't rate me. If you don't want to follow me, don't subscribe. Um, I don't, it's fine. <laughs> We're going to be in Titus chapter 1. Paul, a servant of God, and an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, but have in due time manifested his word through preaching, which is committed unto me according to the commandment of God, our Savior. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, in the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. This is a powerful, powerful excerpt. I mean, this is just the first four verses, but that's all one sentence. <laughs> you think about that. That's all one sentence. It's really important as we're going through Scripture, whether it's Titus um, or any book of the Bible, be careful not to just, you know what, I like this one line here or this one verse here. These verses are connected. These numbers were added later, okay? So this is one whole sentence, um, and it's um, saying one truth here. Um, and so be very careful. You can start making things up uh, if you're not careful. Um, but first off, I'd like to point out, and not to be cliche, because I know a lot of people have pointed this out, but I think that is an important thing for me to point out as well, is that, that Paul introduces this letter by saying, Paul, a servant of God. Paul, a servant of God. He doesn't start out and say, hey, I'm an apostle, um, or hey, I'm important, um, or hey, Titus, listen up. 
His initial credential is, I'm a servant of God. That's what Paul is first and foremost, a servant of God. And that's my desire, and I hope it's your desire, to be God's servant. Whatever he says goes. Whatever he wants for us goes. Whatever life brings, whatever he desires for our lives, we're just his servant. We're just his servant. No matter what role you may have in your local church or whatever your job is, no matter what your income is, be very careful with this. Recognize that ultimately we're servants of God. We're supposed to be humble servants of God. And I think about how important Paul is in the New Testament and how important and how we view him. But let's be careful about putting people up on a pedestal or even ourselves and understand that ultimately we're just servants of God. We're supposed to be lifting him up, lifting up the cross and what he's done for us. But what's really encouraging right out of the gate here in the beginning, he talks about in verse 2, um, hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And once again, this is a whole letter. And so when you read it all together, like it flows together really well, like probably better than even I can explain as I go through this. But this is an important correlation that he's making saying God cannot lie because later we'll see in verse 12 that where Titus is at uh, on the island of Crete, where he's at, the people there are known for being liars. And um, and there's a lot of leaders, quote unquote, leaders that are are teaching false doctrine there in Crete um, and doing things for money instead of actually caring about people and caring about the truth. Um, and, 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 and Paul is telling Titus and encouraging him to say, like, I know you might be surrounded by liars and false teachers, and this is a big task that, that, that you're doing, but, but God can't lie. The people around you might be lying like crazy, but hey, sorry, God cannot lie. And, and take this truth to these people of saying, hey, I know people have lied to you, but God won't lie to you. And this is an important truth. And not only that, but, the, but this promise before the world began. The promise of this hope of eternal life for the elect, for those, uh, for those who believe, for the believers. Hey, there's a hope that God has promised you before the world began, before time began to exist. And that's a promise that I want to cling on to. I want to encourage you to cling on to. It's not some afterthought. It's not like God said, oops, okay? Before the world began, he promised to give us this hope. He promised to redeem the elect. And I thank God for that. I thank God for his promises and that he cannot lie. His promise will follow through. But Paul also talks about, right, first sentence, first introduction. Hey, I'm committed to preaching this word, the gospel that, that, that Jesus himself has given to me. My God, my Savior, he has given me this mission to proclaim his word, to proclaim this truth. And you know me and you and me, Titus, we are of the same faith, this common faith. But then he explains to, to him and reminds him why he left him in Crete. Now, in verse 5, when I see this, For this cause left I thee in Crete, that thou shouldst set in order the things that are wanting and ordain elders in every city as I had appointed thee. He's, he's reminding him, now don't forget, this is why I left you in Crete. Now, 
when it says I left you in Crete, I mean, I, I, depending on what you read and study on that, I mean, he could have sent him to Crete or it's possible that he would know he was with him on that missionary journey and literally left him in Crete, which I think is my understanding of what actually happened. Um, but, and I'm sure this was, you know, <laughs> thought through and planned out uh, to a certain extent, but can you imagine agreeing to go on a mission trip with your mentor um, and you're, and you're going on this trip and you're like, oh man, this is awesome. We're going to travel and, and help establish churches and leaders in the churches. And you go to this island called Crete and no, they're all liars and everyone's being very deceitful. Um, and you have all this false doctrine, and Paul's like, you know what? They could really use someone to stay here, help establish uh, uh, more churches, help ordain elders, and make sure people are sound in their doctrine, um, and get and, and help rebuke and, and take care of the situation. Um, and you know, maybe maybe Titus is like, yeah, Paul, you can do a great work here. All right, well, I'm going to keep going. You stay here and do that for me. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's not how that went down, but like that's as I read it, like my uh, my uh, uh, my op- opinion is like, I mean, I wonder if there's something like that. But can you imagine? Imagine not expecting that. So this is probably a really must much needed letter of encouragement to Titus. Um, hey man, how's it going? Don't forget, this is why I left you there. Um, and here's some more reminders of, of what you need to do to make sure to get the job done. Um, it, it was a big task for sure. With that being said, I want to acknowledge that that Paul seems to really trust Titus on this mission. And we see in other passages that 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 Titus was entrusted with other difficult things before, and and so Paul really trusted him. Paul loved him. I think in other passages we see that that um, that Paul was always disappointed if he didn't get to see Titus. Like so, he loves Titus. He trusts Titus. And this is something. The situation that they're dealing with in Crete is something that that Paul probably could have have done. Maybe he could even have thought, you know what, this is a big situation. I should just take care of it. But he entrusts Titus uh, uh, to take care of this situation. He trusts Titus um, to, to set things right. Um, and and I love that in, in this passage. And, and I want, and I've talked about this before in regards to uh, in the previous episodes of that we have the same mission and the same God generation to generation and that we need to be really good about passing the torch down to the next generation of believers. And so for me, I'm, I'm turning 31 this year and I've, we've also talked about this of everyone's, you're always going to be young to somebody, but I think that's a bad way of looking at it because we don't know how much time we have on earth. <laughs> and so um, already at, at, at the age that I am, I'm looking to pass the torch into next generation. I'm always looking to who can I invest in? Who could I encourage to go make a difference in someone's life that I can't make in their circle of influence? And so um, so Paul trusts Titus and we need to trust the next generation. Um, and um, and so we and, and to stay faithful to uh, the true teachings of Scripture and, and the doctrine. So in this next uh, few verses here, I'm not going to spend too much time here because I literally just did um, a video on what is a pastor, the requirements, the responsibilities uh, of a pastor. Um, and so uh, if you didn't uh, hear that episode yet, if you're listening on podcast, um, then in the description, I'll have a link for that episode. What is what is a pastor? If you're watching on YouTube, then you can click right here on this card um, and you'll be able to uh, watch that episode um, as well. 
Uh, so as I was saying, Titus, you know, he's been he's been left in Crete to to for a very special and a very important uh, mission, which is to appoint elders um, in every city in Crete because there's a lot of just bad leadership. There's a lot of corrupt teaching being taught, and he needs to not. So he's entrusting Titus to entrust other people, and so you see this discipleship process going on, and so he starts to list off these things of here's the type of people that you're looking for for elders. Um, verse six: If any be blameless, the husband of one wife having faithful children. Not accused of riot, um, not accused of right or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Now, I've heard people use this verse 9. I know I just said that I wasn't going to spend a whole lot of time right here on these verses because I have a whole episode on, on what passages are supposed to be, but I think this is important because I've heard this recently being mistaught. Here in verse 9, I've heard people say, verse 9, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught. Stop right there and say, all right, what that's teaching is that um, not only are they supposed to, uh, uh, the next generation, not only hold on to doctrine that we teach them, they're supposed to hold on to our preferences and our traditions what <laughs> did you read the rest of the book did you read the next few verses <laughs> like that is not that is not what paul taught titus he definitely didn't teach timothy that that's definitely not what the new testament says if you read even this rest of this verse it says holding fast the faithful word as he had been taught that he may be able by sound doctrine. So what he's talking about isn't just, hey, my ideas, my thoughts, my my philosophies. No, no, no. Holding on to faithful doctrine that's been taught by the apostle to the apostles. We're talking about the word of God. We're talking about the New Testament being taught, this doctrine being taught and handed down who are faithful to that word, the word of the words of doctrine being passed down. That's what he's talking about. And so, because there's an issue with people teaching their opinions and their ideas and all this corruptness going on in the church in Crete. And he's saying, those don't need to be elders. Who needs to be leaders in the church are people who stay faithful to what's being taught in the New Testament, being taught, uh, being faithful to what the apostles are teaching. All right. And so pastors, you don't have the ministry of an apostle. Your opinion on things in regards to like your ideas of what church should look like or whatever, if it's not from the Bible, that's not, it's not talking about passing that down. Pass down sound doctrine as taught by the apostles, as taught by Jesus, as taught by the New Testament. That's what I was talking about. So I just want that clarification because I recently heard that just really, really bad teaching um, on that. That he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. And so he encourages, hey, hey Titus, you need to be convincing people that, that some of their doctrine is wrong. And you need to tell, tell people that they need to be sound in their doctrine so they also can explain what's wrong with other people's beliefs and how to and help them sway over to the truth. Help to convince them of, of the truth. Because of this, verse 10, for there are many unruly and vain talkers and deceivers, especially they of the circumcision, 
whose mouths must be stopped, who subvert whole houses, teaching things that they ought not for filthy lucre's sake. He's saying it's all around you. There's a lot of deceiving people. There's a lot of people that are being deceptive and lying and just like they're hurting homes and and, and they're putting all these structures and, and, and shackles onto people and they're not doing it for God's glory. They're doing it for money. So not only, not only are what they're doing is wrong, a lot of them, if not most of them, if not all of them, are doing it for wrong intentions. And Paul's very careful with this because he's an outsider on this. So he, And so he's going to be very careful. So he decides to quote one of their own people in verse 12. One of themselves, even a prophet of their own, said, The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. On a side note, I find this funny. I'm reading a book right now um, about the connection between our mind and our soul. And uh, it's kind of deep, but it's enjoyable for me. Maybe I'll talk about it some other time. But in it, they made a reference to this quote, actually. Um, and <laughs> it said, if a Cretan says all Cretans are liars, is the statement true or false? Now, that's a riddle for you. Sorry. Couldn't resist. I thought it was funny. Um, totally unrelated. Uh, verse 13. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply. Why? He's saying, like, so rebuke them sharply. Like, Titus, you're going to, as you're, as you're, as you're uh, training people to be elders, as you're picking out people to be elders and leaders in the churches, rebuke them that they might be sound in the faith and teach them to rebuke people that they may be sound in the faith. He doesn't say rebuke them so you can win the debate, rebuke them so you can, you know, show them how smart you are, rebuke them um, to show how bad they like. No, he's saying rebuke them that they may be sound in the faith. And that's the truth for believers or unbelievers. If, if a believer is struggling with certain beliefs that they have and they, they're kind of crooked on some things and confused about some things, then he's encouraging Titus, hey, well, rebuke them, show them that they're wrong and help them be more sound in the faith. And if someone who's not a believer, rebuke them point them to the truth. All right, It's not good enough that we just have the truth or study to know the truth. It's important that as we're teaching people the truth, that we do it with the right intentions. Verse 14, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. They profess that they know God, but in works they deny him being abominable and disobedient and to every good work reprobate. Paul does not mince words here. He makes this very clear. Rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in their faith, that they may be sound in doctrine, but, but, but make no mistake. He's saying here that they're teaching doctrine, they're teaching commandments, they're putting shackles on the people, they're adding works to the gospel possibly here. They're teaching a false gospel. And he's saying, so what he says this, the reason that there's a lot of this false teaching going on is because these people aren't pure. They are not believers. They have not been washed in the blood of Jesus. They have not been redeemed. And how can you tell Titus? As you're going through this process, appointing elders, and as you're doing this, be careful, beware. You can tell who they are by their works. And scripture teaches this, this over and over again. He's saying they talk like they know God. They talk like they know some of the scripture, like they know the apostles, like they know some truth. 
but their works show they don't know me. Their works show that they don't know God. So be careful. There's a lot of people that talk talk like a Christian, talk like they know scripture, but are they living out Christianity? Are they living out the word? Be very careful, especially right now. Like there's just so much out there. There's there's so much on the internet. There's so much easy access to things. And, and some people can sound really hip and cool and have all this stuff, but their doctrine's not sound and they're not living it out. And that shows on the human side. That's how we can tell if someone's a believer or not. Are they living out their faith or not? So Paul's saying very clear. Nope, they're reprobate. Like what they're teaching, what they're doing, it's worthless. And you can tell because they're not living for God. Their works condemn them. There's no faith here. So may I compel you. What are your works saying about how you're living in your life? What are the works in my life showing that I'm doing? And, 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 and as I encourage us to rebuke people and myself, I also encourage us to rebuke in the right spirit and to pass down the sound doctrine of scripture onto the next generation. Thanks you so much for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the next uh, next uh, couple of weeks as we go through uh, the book of Titus. And I'm hoping that you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. I hope that if you haven't been able to get a haircut soon, that maybe you will. Um, and uh, I hope my no beard was not a big shocker to you. I need some help here. If if you, uh, in the comments, right, if you think I should grow this back out or keep it trimmed or get rid of it, let me know in the comments. I'd like to know what you think of my beard or no beard. Um, and uh, I know for my wife, she wants it back. She doesn't she doesn't like the no, the no beard. So I got that going on. Um, and then also, uh, I've been looking at possibly doing a series on defending, explaining uh, the Trinity. Um, if you'd be interested in that, please let me know that in the comments as well. Or you can also email me at the Podcast at gmail.com. And uh, really hope that uh, this, uh, this program is a blessing to you, an encouragement to you. Um, and uh, I, as always, like... I'm, I'm challenged. I'm not in scripture enough. I need to read the Bible, then live the Bible. I need to get back and check the source like I should. Um, and I encourage each of you to have a walk with God, um, get into his word, um, and let's all live as servants of God. Have a great day, everybody. Okay, this is really going to annoy me. This is like making all kinds of noise. Like, you hear that? Yeah. This is like my new auxiliary cord, and I don't know how I don't know how I feel about it. Like it's so loud because it's got like this uh, texture on it. I'm just going to give up on that.